your state-of-the-art medal, and I've got the key to the Ark. Together, we could rule without Megatron. Oh, what happened? A usurp Megatron's command and take the Ark for ourselves. It is ambitious. I'm that kind of a girl. So what do you say, partners? I say you are a fool. Protoforms, and welcome to Too Much Energon, the Lasercomb podcast where we talk about Beast War shit and talk shit about Beast Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I am your other host, NeoCal. So, NeoCal, have you have you ever had a moment where you're like, "My God, what am what 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 am I doing with my life?" and that's excluding recording 41 episodes of a podcast about a 25-year-old children's show. Excluding that? Excluding that, Because yes. it's worse if I exclude that. Because <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm diligent on this, right? At least we do this shit every week. Um, yeah. <laughs> excluding that, that has been... That has been something that has plagued me on and off since I was 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's like, whoa, man. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not where I was expecting that to go, but uh, by all means, do tell. Just that, oh, man. Just that feel. People are like, oh, you can't be hard on yourself, but that feeling when you know if you're just like a little bit more ambitious and you pro... And you... Um, I was going to say protagonist. <laughs> um <laughs> And you, wow, my mind. Who do you think you are, John David Washington? (laughs) God, no. Um, And uh, you put things off just like a little bit more, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, or oh, I'm going to get this job, or you know what, this is a decent job. I'll just stay here. And then, like, the years like roll by, and you're like, man, I haven't started any of these things that I wanted to. Like uh, 2014, I wanted to start my YouTube channel, and 2016, I like wanted to like try to apply to be in more movies and blah blah blah. And then before you know it, it's like 2020 part two, and you're like, huh? Well, things could be worse. <laughs> well, we're doing podcasts, so yeah. I mean, there's that. I like that. Um. So back in 2001, 
there was a show that premiered on Fox uh, very shortly after 9-11 called 24. You ever see 24? A certain Mr. Sutherland um, is fighting against forces that would be the doom of America. Yep. Uh, Lots of... Lots of terrorism going on in that show. Talk memes. Boop. 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 What an Um, iconic soundbite. There's a lot of iconic sounds in in that show. Like even the the phones in CTU, they have this very specific ring that just really sticks out in my head. I I think I can hear it in my head. It's like... Yeah, that like just the the single chirp before they flip their phone open and answer it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Great show. Uh. I big fan of it. I got into it back in like 2005 and was back before the days of streaming. I was uh, renting the seasons of the show, one DVD at a time, and uh, watching through them four episodes at a time. But he worked for, at Blockbuster, so it was free. Uh, oh, you well, didn't yet. You no, didn't I yet. didn't yet. And the video store that I worked at at the time, Movie Gallery, didn't have... They had some seasons of 24, but like I think they didn't have season one and season three. That is such like a small movie <laughs> store thing to do. But not even a small movie store like Blockbuster. What was it? It was like, hey... We have heroes, but like, do you remember how like it'd be in volumes, right? Like episode one through four and then five through eight, right? But like, we only had two copies of each, right? And then as the years go by, nobody returned like volume two. (laughs) So we've got like three copies of it, like the first volume, no copies of volume two, (laughs) and then one copy of volume three. And it's like, what's the point of even having these? So, um... Yeah, to, to, to circle back, uh, I um, had an inkling the other day. I was like, oh, 24 premiered in 2000, November 2001. That is 20 years ago now. I'm like, I wonder if it's available on streaming because I feel like now might be a good time to actually go back and rewatch through it and see just how terribly that show's politics have aged. Oh, God. <laughs> Which, uh, spoilers, uh, they haven't aged well. The show is still riveting as all as all hell, though. Um, and it, it turned out the like the entire series is available on Disney Plus in uh, oh, cool. in Canada <laughs> in Canada at least. I don't know about uh, other regions, but uh, but here here in Canada, it's available on Disney Plus. So I'm like, oh fuck yeah, this is happening. And I'm already like halfway through the first season, but I was looking up the cast yesterday. Okay. And uh, so Kiefer, Su- the, the show uh, stars Kiefer Sutherland, uh, best known for his role in The Lost Boys. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, who even cares about what? what is it? Like, like Smack Byers? Nobody knows that guy. <laughs> but as uh, the mullet vampire in Lost Boys, yeah. better remember, better recognize. Um, so yeah, I, I looked up Kiefer Sutherland, and uh, it was like, oh, his birth date is blah blah. Uh, 
blah, 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 uh, 1966. And it's like, age 54 on Wikipedia. And I'm like, okay. And then I started uh, doing the math in my head. Uh-oh. And I'm like, so season one of 24 in 2001, Kiefer Sutherland was fucking younger than I am now. He was 34 years old and I am 36. And I'm just like, my God, I have done nothing with my life. <laughs> That's a weird <sighs> post to compare yourself to. Though. <laughs> it's just like famous, like, like TV stars, TV and movie star. Like it's, I understand that like feel you're like, holy shit. He was, he was 34, but you know, not everybody is a is a TV and and movie a famous True. TV and movie actor. True, but still, I was just like, my god, I... and I haven't even been in one TV show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, I haven't. I've, I've been in a couple Nickelodeon movies as an extra. Which ones? Where can um, where, where can people find you, Cal? You can creep me possibly crossing the street in a Nickelodeon straight-to-TV movie called Big Time Rush. Which was nice. a TV show, but then there was a movie. I can't remember what the movie was called. Or are there multiple movies? It was a Big Time Rush thing. Which I, I think... I, I'm seeing if that's available on anything. Good point. I haven't Googled this. I haven't even seen it, by the way. <laughs> Movie Big Time Rush 2012. It is available to rent on the iTunes store for $4.99. Big Time Movie, yeah, is what it's called. Yeah, wow, I haven't been in a movie since that. Not that, yeah, that I've was... been in a movie, but like I haven't done extra work since that 2012. Was, yeah, 2012. That movie is only an hour and seven minutes long. That's barely a fucking movie. Um, so the setting in that movie, while we're on this <laughs> subject, uh, <laughs> the setting of that movie takes place, they, they, they jump around the globe, right? So they're in China, they're in London, and then they're in um, America. So what's a great place to film when you're looking for those three locations? Victoria. All the places in the Chinese um, setting. Oh, yeah. Chinatown. Yeah. Right, we have a lot of Victorian architecture, and we've got a lot of modern architecture. Mm, yeah, in in the city Christopher and I live in, um, a lot of it was shot at the Empress Hotel. I think it was called the Queen's Regent Hotel or something in the movie. And um, it's funny. I I think a friend told me there's a shot where there's a bunch of people outside the hotel cheering, which is funny because I worked at a hotel at the time, and I also was an extra as somebody that worked in this hotel. Oh, that's it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you just playing to me. your strengths, right? Yeah, you could see me crossing the a very fancy hotel. You could see me crossing the street as like fans are like waving signs, cheering them. And then when they go inside the hotel, I'm also a bellman <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the hotel. <laughs> like it makes it seem like there are thousands of extras. No, nah, man, there's like, there's like 50. Right, and they just reuse them. 
Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Gotta, it's just funny. Yeah. Gotta, gotta save those dollars somehow. Yeah. Most of the time spent as an extra is like sitting in a waiting room. Mm. Sleeping because you work graveyard shifts and you are at on set for 14 hours. So many people slept, man. It was just like common. My uh my partner has done quite a bit of uh extra work oh. over the years, and she was telling me that like a lot of the time it's just like like sitting in a chair reading a book until someone is like, Hey, we need you for this scene. It's they like, go, it's like hey, okay, we need 18 people um like in this age demographic uh for this scene. And people line up and they go, Okay, the rest of you go back. Yeah. And she's like, but you'll be sitting there waiting for like 12 hours at times. People do their university work. Um, people like sleep depending on <laughs> what they need or people just like read. Get up the great. old Game Boy. You make a mighty like $14 an hour. <laughs> Hey, and like 2012 money, like 14 bucks an hour, that was well above minimum wage. Or was it $12 an hour? I think it was like $12 an hour, but I got bumped up to $22 an hour because the role as a bellman, because I interacted with some of the main actors on set, it bumped so then me it became from an a extra role? Yeah. to... Because I'm not even uh, in a speaking role. I'm in the background, like, taking somebody's card. I can't even remember what I was, like, doing. And miming, like, I'm talking to somebody. Minor role? My bit part? I, I don't know the terminology, but because of that, all of my hours were converted into this, like... They they call that uh, uh, miming talking. They call that walla. Uh, walla walla. walla. <laughs> rhubarb, rhubarb, walla walla. Yeah, because that's the um, your mouth moves the most when you're making those <laughs> those syllables. Yeah. yeah, traditionally, like extras in scenes, like I, I I think it's changed in modern times, but like in traditional Hollywood, like extras in the background who are supposed to be like in a restaurant or what restaurant patrons or whatever who are talking would just be like one person, like they just be like saying rhubarb rhubarb and walla walla to one another. Oh yeah, no, I heard that, but nobody ever like told me that. Yeah, I remember like. Learning I think that, that might be class. like an old school, like probably an old thing. school thing. Yeah, yeah, but I I think they still call it Walla. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Oh yes. Ah, uh, but yeah, twenty four. Good show. Enjoy twenty four. Yeah. Keith Kiefer Sutherland, younger than Christopher when he started filming that. Yep. Well, it, to be fair, though, like, well, most of the cast, I, I looked them up, most of the cast was between, like, 34 and 36 hmm. when the show started, which I'm like, huh, interesting. But, like, I, I feel like uh, his character, Jack Bauer, uh, Jack Bauer and his wife, Terry, I feel like they're supposed to be older than that. 
because like it they have definitely a, feels like they're older than that. They have a daughter in the show, uh, Kim, who is supposed to be, I think, 17 in the first season. And right. uh, his, wife, Ter- <laughs> his wife, Terry Bauer, like if you look at like a picture of her, like she's like. She doesn't like look particularly old, but she very much has that like 40s, like 40s woman like hairstyle and like the way she dresses. Like she looks like someone in her 40s. Tried to make her look older. Yeah. yeah. And like Jack Bauer is like a, I think supposed to be like a like 17 year veteran of CTU. Yeah, if he's a veteran, how is he 30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think the characters are are supposed to be in their mid 40s, but like Kiefer Sutherland, the actor, was only 34 when he uh when he shot that show. Yeah, I just did the math. I'm like, wait, if they have a 17 year old daughter, oh god, they hooked up really young. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's like a career man, so they probably weren't having a child like like when they were teenagers. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Go and watch 21. I mean, go and watch. <laughs> That's the, see? the prequel. The year, the year, this year, 21 has fucked with my mind so much. <laughs> it just inserted <laughs> itself into that sentence. Yeah. The show is called 24 because that's how many hours are in a day. Yep. Events occur in real time. <laughs> real time, baby. Real time. So. Welcome to Too Much Energon. This is episode 41 of Too <laughs> Much Energon. And uh, this week on the show, we are reviewing the seventh episode of season three of Beast Wars Proving Grounds. Originally aired on February 7th, 1999. And we're about to get into talking about the episode in just a moment here. But first, here's a word about our Patreon. Do you want to hear more Lasercomb content each week? Is one episode of Too Much Energon or Alphanumeric just not enough? Then subscribe to the Lasercomb Patreon. Where starting at a mere $5 Canadian per month, you get exclusive bonus recordings of Christopher Siege, NeoCal, and AP Sniddler shooting the shit, access to the Lasercomb Discord, monthly shoutouts, and more. Higher tiers include bonus video content, the ability to pitch future podcast content to us, a free t-shirt, and more. Support Too Much Energon and Alphanumeric by joining the Lasercomb Patreon today. And for the audio listeners, <laughs> this is a Transformer that I bought today. It is Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom Inferno. No, it's not Beast Wars Inferno. It is G1 Inferno. I didn't recognize him. I thought it was like a comb- combination of Red Alert and Jazz. <laughs> you can see how I thought, thought that, right? Yeah, his head kind of looks like Jazz, yeah. Yeah. Um, Inferno. Yeah. I had the the G1 Inferno toy back when I was a little kid, so there's a slight bit of nostalgia going on there. Um, but I don't know; it's weird because, like, right? I haven't really bought any Transformers for a few weeks now because we're kind of at a point where 
I have all of the figures that are currently out that I want. I'm kind of just waiting for the new ones to be released. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, like, starting about a week ago, I think I think I started jonesing a little bit. I was like, I was like, man, like, kind of, I kind of need a new Transformer, like. <laughs> you know, and so I and so I went to uh, EB Games, and uh, for the American listeners, that's our version of uh, uh, GameStop. Yeah. Um, their EB Games is owned by GameStop, and for our our Australian listeners, you all you already know because you have EB Games there too. Electronic boutique. Uh, so I went there today, and uh, I saw this Kingdom Inferno figure, and I'm like. You know, this isn't uh, this isn't the uh, the Kingdom Inferno that would be my first choice, but because uh, he's not a certain uh, insane red fire ant, <laughs> but you know this will have to do. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, that'll do, pig. <laughs> <laughs> there's my there's my Transformers fix for the next like week or so. Well, when we were younger, like. I don't think you're into either of these things, but that weird little fix, like this thing is mine and I saved my money for it. It was very real. Realize we're doing like a nineties show, but in that time, like buying pogs for me, right? Like saving mm. up money and buying like packs of pogs and you would get random ones just in like little plastic baggies at a corny corner store. Like it was, you know what I, I mean? I remember like, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just random so shit. Weird. <laughs> it was weird, right? Like you never see that now. You wouldn't just see like random Legos in like a Ziploc thing now. Now they're in like official shiny plastic and you know they're $20 and they're sitting there. But like for some reason, anybody old enough to remember and that actually bought pogs, you could just buy random assortments of like Philippine or like Chinese pogs, like a hundred yeah. for like ten dollars in like a fucking plastic bag from the corner store guy. <laughs> right. When when um, I was a kid, um, well, and like when the pog craze was going on too, like there, yeah, there were, there were tons of like knockoff pogs for whatever reason, <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but not poison, but poisson. <laughs> my, uh, my mom, uh, my mom used to uh, regularly shop at this store that was part of a chain in British Columbia called Christian Books and Music. Okay. It's a very... <laughs> the, the, that's the name of the store. It's, it's very... Amazing. It's very to the point. Um, but they would have, like, Christian-themed, like, fake pogs. And that's the thing, though. Those fake pogs... I feel like they should be worth more than like <laughs> the normal like pogs, right? Like because they're the ones the... that no one remembers. I mean, not that anyone really remembers the hard pogs to find anyway. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have like weird Japanese ones with like fake um, Power Rangers on them <laughs> and stuff, right? Like just I'd have the weirdest shit. But yeah, like the official ones were like with the Sasquatch, right? And but do you remember like? It has it. It had its own culture. Like eight balls and skulls were on the slammers. Yeah, yeah. And they'd say poison <laughs> underneath them. Well, you know what was the worst? Were those fucking plastic slammers? 
I have a few plastic slammers of the varying thickness and I, I the have... metal ones were the shit. Um, remember the aluminum ones that were like thick, like a fucking inch thick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of those. Um, I have a plastic one had like a Cobra on it. It was neon green and it had grooves for your two fingers on the back. <laughs> so you could like hold it and <laughs> slide. Nice. <laughs> oh man. I'm wondering if there's like anyone listening where you, if you, you must be aware that people actually played Pogs for keeps. Because I know a lot of if, collectors, but not that many people, apparently, that I've spoken to on the island, like, played the game Pogs and wagered each other's Pogs. Oh, I, I wagered Pogs. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You're goddamn right. That's how you do it. That, that was the... That's the name of the game. But yeah, I imagine, like, probably at least, like, 90% of people listening to slash watching this show are old enough to have watched Beast Wars in the 90s and therefore lived through the whole Pog craze. Even if they didn't buy any Pogs themselves, they they were aware of them. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of Batman Forever Pogs. Oh, shit. And uh, uh, um, they had glow-in-the-dark parts. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the borders were glow-in-the-dark. Yeah. They were official... Um, did McDonald's give them out? That sounds right, yeah. And like the one side would have a, a photo of a character from the movie, and the other side would have that like that like Batman question mark logo. The the Riddler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. it would have like the question mark, but with like with the bat symbol in the middle of it. Absolutely. I have I literally still have those. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Uh, the next time we air this, I'll I'll bring them out. I haven't looked nice. at them in over a decade. Fuck man, pop probably too, but I have them. <laughs> I'm amazed you still do, honestly. I do. I remember the fucking tubes mm-hmm. <laughs> that you could store them in. Do you remember some were like fucking two feet long? Yeah, I had I had a couple that were like super tall. Yeah, I've got a two foot long one, and then Jesus. two um like smaller ones. One for my like shiny ones that I like, and one to hold all my slammers. <laughs> I can't believe you still have pogs. I, I do. I'll whip them out. I'll post. Actually, I'll just probably post pictures on lay Twitter. <laughs> you remember pogs? <laughs> uh, you remember I, I, Alf? I, well, he's back. In <laughs> form. Uh, I want to see you like uh, bust them out on like the the next episode of Too Much Energon because okay, uh, I want to see. I want to see these. Amazing. Okay. Uh, like, I so, have hundreds and hundreds, man. I won't disappoint. I'll even find the Batman <laughs> ones with Jim Carrey. I think I have like what were they? They were Batman, Batman and Robin. No, not Batman and Robin. No, it was Batman Forever. It was Batman and Forever. I, I don't think I have any other Batman ones. I think I just have Batman Forever. Well, Batman Forever came out in 1995, which was the height of, like, Pog Mania. Right. And Batman and Robin was the next one. And that yeah. was kind of when Pogs were on that, the outs. 
that was in 97 and pogs were already kind of dying out pokemon. then but yeah pokemon cards were already like swooping in to replace them yes yeah, that I mean, explains why <laughs> look look which one's still around so oh shit <laughs> i got pokemon cards too i never got into that one i collected them i tried to play with people but people were so afraid of losing their cards that nobody would play children nobody plays for keeps anymore man no that hardened you as a kid playing pugs <laughs> the first time you lose and you have this feeling of like losing and you try to like get them back and be like, Oh, come on. They're mine. I signed my name on the back and everything. But then the first time you win, you feel like a fucking baller. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, they're mine now, bitch. Right. Um, so, this episode of Beast Wars. Mm -hmm. This episode of Beast Wars opens up in uh, on the Axelon in Arc Mountain with a like vector grid of a curvy fe arachnid, <laughs> female-ish looking body. <laughs> yeah, yes, cur curv curvy arachnid, and uh, the Maximals are doing some science on uh, black arachnia. And it seems like they're zeroing in on some component inside of her. Mm hmm. Hardware. Yeah. And uh, rat trap says some rat trap bullshit and insults her. Yeah. And she's all like, no, fuck you, rat man. Yeah. And then Cheetor is like, man, check out those lines or something like that. Yeah. He's like, now those are what I call lines. And yeah. I'm like, did I miss here? <laughs> I, I played that back a couple times on my um, like my my copy in the in the main room. Yeah, and I didn't know what he was saying. I'm like, is he saying legs or lines? Yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's lines. It's Man, like it's weird. He's like sixteen year old Cheetor is cringe. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> like right, like like onset puberty. Cheetor is a lot worse than young naive Cheetor. Just yeah, saying. he's he, he's like he's like about ready to like start fapping in front of everyone over like a vector like a hollow like vector grid like of just like the shape of Black Arachnia's body. Meanwhile, Black Arachnia in the in the flesh in is the steel, right there in the steel is, in the steel is right there. there. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, she can hear you. <laughs> Rhinox is like, man, I feel like Rhinox is getting more and more tired. As the seasons go on. Yeah. Right? He's just like kind of done with life. And he's like, fuck off and knock it off. I'm almost I, finished. I kind of dig that. So do I. I'm like, I, I, he, I, I like him a who, lot more. As someone who is on that journey himself <laughs> for life. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're just like, you gen the, the amount of. Uh, it's the fucks economy. I don't know if I ever mentioned it to you. Um, in my mind, um, when you hit uh, puberty, you start generating maximum number of fucks, like two fucks a day, right? So you have lots, yeah. to, lots of fucks to give. You're worried about everything. You have too many 
fucks to give. You can complain and care and argue about everything. Mm -hmm. But then when you are near 30, you only generate about one fuck per week. So you can't afford to give away your fucks freely. And so you like literally have no fucks to give by the time you're like 35. They're like, I, I generate one fuck a month and that's to paying bills and to like my partner. Right. So when people say I have no fucks to give, I, I feel like if it's a currency, I, I actually do. I'm generating so little fucks. I, I don't give a fuck anymore. I can't. I can't afford it. I don't have them hoarded up. <laughs> I was out at dinner the, the other night with my partner and uh, we had a conversation about how like I was telling her that like when. Like when I was younger, when I was a teenager and when I was in my 20s, I was this real like kind of aggro, like counterculture kind of person. Like, man, fuck the mainstream. Fuck sports. Fuck your stupid fuck like pop music. Yeah, fuck pop music. Fuck your like mainstream movies. Fuck anything but indie cinema. <laughs> yeah. And like I, I was I admit like I was one of those douchebags. Um and I remember at the time, like uh, seeing like uh, Kevin Smith touched on this in one of his like uh, Q&A b- session bits and I heard like some stand-up comedians talk about this too and they're like yeah you know when you're young you're like man fuck the system fuck what's popular fuck you and fuck you I'm I'm the fucking coolest over here because I don't like that popular shit fuck what you like Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin Smith himself was like, but then once you hit your 30s, you're just like, you know what, man? Like, I don't give a shit what you like because I got fucking bills to pay. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when, like, hearing people talk about this, uh, people older than myself talk about this when I was in my 20s and very much in that, like, that that stage of douchebaggery. Being like, man, that's never going to be me. I'm never going to be like that. I'm always going to <laughs> be this passionate about these things. And no, you know what? Like, at 36 years old, I don't give a shit. And that's like, like I'm yeah. like, yeah, sports. Yeah, you know what? Cool. Like, I, I, I like things. I, I, I like baseball. I kind of enjoy football. I don't really like hockey or basketball. But you know what? I see why people get into it. Yeah, I, I I don't like this kind of music that you're listening to, but you know what? It it wasn't made for me, but it was made. It was clearly made for you. So you know what? Cool. <laughs> I've got my not, own shit to worry about. Not not only that, but there's this, like you said in your 30s, you also stop policing yourself. So you might listen to a rap song or something you're not into, or a country song. It might be like. Or a pop song, it might be like, "What? What is this?" You're listening to the radio, and someone's like Taylor Swift, and you're like, "This kind of kicks." Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and when in your twenties, yeah, yeah. Oh, Nickelback, fuck Nickelback. Just because, fuck Nickelback, man. Oh, fuck, uh, fuck Justin Bieber. And then I'm like listening to, like, the radio, and I'm like, "Man, what is this song? It keeps popping up." and you know, you, you pull into your um, parking spot and you shazam it and you're like, Justin Bieber, well, I'm okay with that. 
you let go of your yeah, old yeah. ego when you let yourself like something that old you would have just like hated out of principle. That, well, and, that's when you grow up. <laughs> well, me and in my teens, like me in my teens and my 20s, I was so caught up with just how into metal I was. And not <laughs> yeah. just into metal, but into true metal. Real metal. Uh, real metal. Um, the underground shit. But even the stuff that I listened to wasn't supremely underground. If you're someone who listens to metal, it was still things that most metalheads would have heard of anyway. Um, but like, I was always like, if I heard a song of, I, I actively ignored other genres of music because I'm like, I'm a metalhead. I only listen to metal. That's how, that's how metal works. If you listen to anything else, you're not really a metalhead. And then in the early 2010s, uh, early 2010s, uh, I was in my late 20s at that point. I was like pushing 30. And then, you know, I like I hear Uptown Funk, <laughs> the, the song Uptown Funk. And I'm like, wow, th this song fucking slaps. And then like, a few months later, I hear Catch My Breath by Kelly Clarkson, and then lo and behold, <laughs> I'm like singing along to it. And I'm like, you know what? Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore. And now at this point, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You should see how eclectic my Apple Music library is. How did we end up like this? And try to turn the tables. And then you're singing Nickelback, and you're like, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I don't know that I'll go that far, but uh, no judgment. Um, I'm, that's the only lyrics I could remember from a Nickelback <laughs> song. I don't know what it's called. But um, Someday? Oh, shit. Maybe that's not even Nickelback. Maybe that's like Third Eye Blind. Oh, wow. I'm just going to stop talking before I offend some. Oh, wait. Uh, someday when my someday. life has passed me by. Oh, we're thinking of a different song. We're thinking of a different I'm, song. I'm thinking of Sugar Ray someday. You're thinking Sugar of, Ray. Yeah. Now that song slaps. <laughs> that song is pretty good, yeah. And I wonder why did me someday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was on Big Shiny Tunes 4. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yep. My favorite Big Shiny Tunes. Speaking of Big Shiny Tunes, we got Big Shiny Maximals. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of uh, uh, things that are big and shiny, we got Black Arachnia. Linox's head? <laughs> she is uh, shiny. Yeah. yeah, so basically they're trying to they're, they're trying to find the, the Predacon programming core located in her so they can extract it and turn her back into a maximal. Yeah, interesting amount of lore we're getting. I wasn't expecting a lot from this episode, but apparently when they re like reprogram, it's not just something in their head. Yeah. They're like, there's something like, a, let's say a CPU, right? There's something in their, their core that is affecting their spark because mm -hmm. as it's revealed, they can try to tamper with it or change it or remove it or whatever, but it might extinguish her spark. Mm -hmm. curious so it's 
it's possible, but given the facility they have and facilities they have, and uh, I'm assuming it's untested. Like this is like new territory. They they weren't wouldn't be sure if Black Arachnia would survive. Yes. Well, I yeah, I, I'm sure the the concept of stealing protoforms and stasis pods and reprogramming them uh, is something that's kind of just limited to this exact situation that these two factions are in right now on planet energon yes because otherwise there's like a they're at peace right yeah and converting them probably isn't a very common common thing probably not no and i imagine back on cybertron like predacons just, just make just make new predacons you know i had a conversation with my partner and we were, we were like so they're female transformers. How do they make more? And she went and dug dug into it, and she told me that um, they had the transformers had met a race long, long ago that had genders, and they just kind of emulated that. So there's no necessity for um, just male and female. I guess mm. it's they're copying other intelligent species. And indeed the writers had originally said uh, for G1, apparently um, had originally said, Hey, they all, they're all just going to be like genderless. Yeah. And toy uh, after a while, I'm not sure how long, but marketing or, or someone came in and said, actually, Hey, no girls watch this. You need to make some of them girls. I was like, oh. And then in the movie, we got R.C. Although there was no toy in the 80s produced for R.C. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Why not? Huh. I don't know. I guess they, they thought it wouldn't sell. Probably. Yeah. Everything's about money, right? <laughs> yeah, oh. and there's, there's this idea in... I remember it came out a, a few years ago that like uh, uh, the the former like head of Disney in charge of like like the the liaison between like Disney and uh, Marvel Studios, Ike Perlmutter. It sounds like such a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> he um he specifically like. didn't want want boys don't want merchandise of girls really yeah. <laughs> that makes sense so i imagine boys even if, at that age don't like girls yet even if within like the past like decades someone working in the uh the, the selling toys business has that mentality i'm sure way more people had that mentality <laughs> in the mid 80s that was probably standard. Yeah. And if you think about it, like without like diving too deep or getting like up in arms over like equality or anything, if you just think about it and you're like, well, action figures, you know, kids are going to be like, ah, I'm pretending they're fighting. Transformers are fighting each other. So it's a, it's a combat thing. Right. Yeah. So things that fought each other were meant for boys and things like Barbie and my little pony and that kind of thing where 
things get along were meant for girls. Not saying it's right, not saying <laughs> that's that should be the norm or anything, but that's just how things were at the time, right? It yeah. would make sense that somebody would go, hey, boys don't like girls yet. They haven't hit puberty. <laughs> um, so they don't want girl, like their action figures to be girls. Nobody well, wants even, to show up with the girl toy. Well, and even their attempt at making Maybe. a girl transformer, she's pink and white. That, that's it. <laughs> like, she looks like something you would see in the girls' toy aisle at Toys R Us. Pink and white, yeah, those neutral yeah. colors that go well together. Oh, speaking of pink and, pink and white. <laughs> but, like, if you ever go into Toys R Us and you... You you walk down like the action figure aisle, you'll you'll come across the the Barbie aisle, and it will just be like a wall of pink, the, especially the packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't believe this at first. I had to look it up, but apparently, like pink and like red colors uh, were masculine in the like the first half of the twentieth century, and like baby um, blue was like a more neutral color. Yeah, I mean, I it wouldn't surprise me. It could be one of those urban things, urban um, hearsay, where it's been told to so many people down the line that it everybody thinks it's true. I don't, I don't know. Mm. Like the, um, oh, you sp swallow two spiders a year thing, which is absolute jabron, <laughs> absolutely jabroni. <laughs> It's not true. You don't swallow a certain number of spiders a year. Probably yeah. none in your life. Probably not. But did you uh, hear that growing up? I heard it was seven. Seven a year? Wow, that number keeps going up every time <laughs> I... Yeah. Um, that was started as part of a social experiment. A psychologist was talking about um, uh, urban myths. So she started, um, what were they called? Forwards. She started an email forward talking about, on average, people in the UK or America swallow X number of spiders a year. And she only sent out like 100 or something like emails. And apparently that completely formed this, this idea that people swallow spiders every year. When was that? Because like I Long first heard, of, I first heard about that in like the early nineties. Yeah, this was like proto like internets, right? Oh, okay. Like late eighties, early nineties kind of thing. Hmm. Or maybe that's an urban myth too. Who knows? <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, swallowing spiders. <laughs> yeah, Black uh, Arachnia tells Cheetor to his face. He needs to knock it off with his crush. Yeah. And uh, Rhinox and Optimus, like, break it up. And, yeah, Cheetor and Rattrap fuck off. And they're kind of, uh, I don't like throwing this word around, but uh, they kind of have a little incel moment there. Where after Cheat, uh, Black Arachnia tells Cheetor to knock it off with his crush. And um, Optimus tells Cheetor to go out on patrol. He's like, glad to. And as he's walking away with uh, Rat Trap, Cheetor is like, um, 
Rat Trap's like, huh, Predacons, who needs them? And Cheetor's like, not me. And I'm like, 10 seconds ago, <laughs> bro. Right. You were like, oh, check out those lines. <laughs> Ready to like fucking pounce and bite into her ass. And she's like, hey, dude, you need to knock it off with your crush. It's getting cringe. And yeah. 10 seconds later, he's like, fuck girls anyway. She's a stupid Predacon. Yeah. She, she's not even hot. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Okay, buddy. It's like that that uh That's a typical teenager reaction to rejection. I guess. Oh, not even not even teenager, really. Um, no, uh, good point. <laughs> I I I follow like a bunch of uh uh Instagram accounts that are like just people like submitting like uh like uh, Tinder messages they get. It's women submitting Tinder messages they get from men. And it's like it's Is always it good guys or sorry, nice guys. Uh, Is this a subreddit called Nice Guys? About uh, my my favorite one, I think, is called Beam Me Up, Soft Boy. <laughs> Go on. Um, but like the gist of it is usually like some guy is just like is just like, oh man, oh man, you're so hot, and she's like, thanks, and he's like, oh man, your tits are so great, and she's like, thanks, and he's like, oh, do you wanna do you wanna come over here and uh, get fucked by me? And she's like, no, sorry, I'm not interested. And then he'll just be like, fucking whore. Wow. Fuck, fucking fat, ugly whore. And it's like. She's a whore because she did not sleep with you. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and you were just complimenting her nice big tits. And as soon as she says, no, sorry, I'm not interested. You're like, oh, well, you're fat anyway. There's a subreddit called uh, Nice Guys, and there's a subreddit called Nice Girls, which showcases people like that, that when they're rejected, they get like real mean and ugly, even if they're lit down like really nicely. Mm. Uh, if you find that kind of thing amusing, please go I'm, check out. I'm, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> nice Guys. And you wouldn't think there'd be as many nice girls, but... Uh, a different it's different I've, <laughs> I, I i've i've encountered some you've encountered some nice girls yeah yeah I have. yeah yeah so so have i yeah and even like a couple who have turned into nice girls after we like you know like hooked up but i was like hey oh, like that's the worst yeah i'm like i'm like hey you know like I, I'm just, I, I'm not really, I didn't, I'm not really feeling it. Like it, it was fun, but like, you know, I think we're done. And then uh, she'll be like, well, you have a small dick and you were fucking terrible in bed anyway. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, why did, why did you want to keep seeing me then? Okay. Have a nice day. <laughs> Isn't it funny how you only have a man? You only have, mysteriously have a small dick after a girl doesn't like you <laughs> <laughs> or after a girl is broken up with or rejected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Black Arachnia over here is uh, uh, Cheetor and Rat Trap being nice bots. <laughs> Hashtag nice bots. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and she like was is like, well, you're not gonna turn me into a maximal. See you later. Yeah, because she overhears Optimus and Rhinox talking science about converting her. Yeah. She's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. She goes to beast mode, fucks off, and leaves the base. And uh, for some reason, Dino Clone 2 is just uh, pulling the old maximal maneuver, hiding behind a rock, watching like, Black Right Direction, outside their base. Right outside the base. And is like... How did he get there? The game begins just as I knew it would. And I'm like, all right. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Now that I've watched this once and I'm watching it again, and I'm like, what are you? I thought that that would be revealed, but it's not. So I'm like, what? Man, I don't like this Dino Clone. <laughs> like, I actually like original Dino Clone better. <laughs> I mean, we hammed up his caricature. We turned him into like a Shakespeare in the Park, yeah, into um, a thes a lover of th all things thespian, <laughs> yeah, a true actor, if you a will, true actor. <laughs> this one, I, uh... you know what, I I like a lot of parts of this episode, and one of them I do is too, yeah, the forest part where Black Arachnia like walks up to like a, a lake. And like stares at her reflection. Yeah, yeah. Um, Some existential crisis. She has her own poetic moment when she catches that butterfly. Yeah. So she, her like kind of dilemma here is like, oh, they want to remove my Predacon core and make me a maximal, which is what I originally was. But like, this is who I am now, and I like who I am. And what? If I change who I am, then is it really me? Yeah. Yeah. So she's like having this existential crisis while holding a butterfly. And the fragility of the butterfly's life um, is like a reflection of like her identity, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, because indeed. Um, it's weirdly deep for this show. It's. It's weirdly deep and it's not too long. And I think kids can get it mm -hmm. because she's like, well, like I, I'm not letting my like future be determined by someone else. Unlike he, and, and your future ends right now. So signifying she's going to kill the butterfly. Mm -hmm. So it's this kind of like poetic, like it I, reminds I understand me I have to take my life into my own hands moment. It reminds me of that uh, a little bit of that bit in The Lion King when uh, Scar has that, I think it's a bird he has, and he's like, life's not fair, isn't it? Ooh, I will never be king, right. blah, 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 and you, you will never see the light of another day. And he goes to eat the bird. Oh, and then somebody it, walks in. Yeah, someone interrupts him. Uh, but it just, it kind of, yeah, yeah. It just kind of reminds me of that scene a little bit. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. And indeed she actually does let go of the butterfly because she sees Dinobot. Yeah. I, I can't call him Dinobot. It's Dino Clone 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I, I've officially dubbed him in my head Dino Clone 2. 
Dino clone too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she says, oh, just what I needed to let off some steam, some real steam. And she lets the butterfly go. And I'm like, and I will say now that we're actually seeing Dino clone in beast mode in a very well lit area. Cause so far we haven't. It's a little better. His beast mode's growing. Credit for. Yeah, his, be his beast mode's growing on me. Still not a realistic Velociraptor. <laughs> I can't. It is a transmetal two. Yeah, and his is very bone-like. Yeah, it, yeah. Very fossil-like. Yeah, it's very skeletal. Um, I find this whole back and forth throughout the, the forest weird and drawn out. Like, she catches up to him, right? And then realizes that he's following her. And then he realizes, the camera cuts, and then he realizes she's following him. So it, they're both stalking each other, and it's kind of convoluted as to why. Yeah, it's this... You too? They're they're playing this, like, weird, like, game of, like, playful, like, cat and mouse. But it's like, why? They have no relationship with one another. Why would they be doing this? I, I'm not sure what... I mean, I understand, like, it's explained later that Dinobot was supposed to capture her or bring her head back. Still, right? so like... She has the secrets of the golden discs. But I could see... It's weird. I could maybe see her and Tarantulas doing this. Although Tarantulas oh. is too much of a creepy fuck. He would just... Right, because she would want to get revenge or catch him or like whatever, and he would want to get her head for the information she has. I can see that, but like she, she's never even heard any words come out of Dino Clone's mouth. Yeah, yeah, it's just I like what they're doing here. I just don't feel like I, I like these sequences and I like what's going on. I just don't think Dino Clone 2 is the character that she should be in playing cat and mouse with. Agreed. I understand they want to show off their Transmetal 2. Yeah, their new toy, literally. But there's no relation. Like, why would she like uh, put herself in a life and death situation when she has nothing to gain, I guess is my problem. Yeah. Well they yeah, they don't they don't know each other. They don't have any kind of past relationship with one another. Like No. Why would she give a fuck? He's just he's a he he's the new guy on the Predacons. Yeah. He's um Rampage's half brother. Yeah. Uh we do get a weird cool shot of a Mortal Kombat like <laughs> video game that Rat Trap is playing. So, uh, I have things to say about this. Uh, okay. So, uh... It's Optimus versus... Uh, it, it's Optimus, Megatron, by the way. It, it's Optimus versus uh, Transmetal Megatron. But Optimus is... Season 1 Optimus Primal's head on the body of the reboot Megazord. Which was the, also which, which was also the body of pre T Rex Megatron in the first episode of Beast Wars. I was gonna ask you because 
I thought that, but I like doubted myself a ton. Like, are you sure that's the Megazord? Hundred percent. Like, even the color scheme is the same. Blue, white, the the silver ball joints. Oh, it, oh man, it does look like the um, uh, Megatron's protoform, doesn't it? Yep. Which is the um, the giant uh, Power Ranger Megazord in uh, reboot season two. Yeah, season two, episode seven, uh, Nullzilla. We we only know this because we also have a reboot podcast. Yeah, called. Which if uh, listeners have been listening to us, I probably know. Go, sorry, go ahead. Yep, but it's uh, it's called Alphanumeric, a reboot podcast. Uh, wherever wherever you are listening to this, you can find that podcast. So. Or just type in Lasercomb in your podcast provider, and every show that we do comes up. Every show forever. Including that one. Which, uh, at this... Right now, there are five Lasercomb podcasts currently going. Too much Energon. Reboot. Yeah, Alphanumeric. Yeah, sorry. Too much Energon, Alphanumeric. Uh, War, uh, War Planets. Oh. War planets, um, based on. Yep, couple new ones uh, based on. Yeah. Yep, and, uh, <laughs> and cartoons at night. And cartoons at night. Busy folks. Um, yeah. I think that you just. Am I, am I wrong? But um, based on for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, is out. Yep, that's out now. Nice. Uh. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit uh, more at the end. But yeah, based on it's a podcast where me and my partner talk about uh, movies based on books, and we contrast and compare the two with one another. First episode was about Fight Club. Uh, latest ep- It's a bi-weekly podcast. Latest episode was about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. On the next episode, we're going to be talking about Where the Wild Things Are, which I've never read or seen the film, so... That'll be interesting. Oh, man, the film. We is, worked at Blockbuster uh, I, when that came out. <laughs> that was fucking weird, man. That is a weird movie. That is not what I expected. But like the book was weird too. Because I was a kid and I, I had where the wild things were. And I really liked it. I don't know what it was about though. I don't know anything uh, about it. So that'll be that'll be fun. Well, at least it's an easy read. Yes, <laughs> it's a short, like, <laughs> little picture book. <laughs> um, do you did have you ever read Jurassic Park? Yes, yes, I have actually by oh, Michael cool. Crichton. Yeah, yeah, what, um, very loosely, and then we'll jump back into Beast Wars. Um, do you remember liking it? Uh, I remember I, I was too young. I appreciate it. I read it, I think, when I was like 12, maybe, and I remember finding it kind of dry. Yeah, I tried reading it when I was 13, 14, and then again when I was like 16, 17, and I never made it through, so I feel feel bad, but I remember it kind of being wordy and dry, and I'm wondering if that was just me being a dumb teenager, (laughs) or um, like maybe it, it actually is like that. So, well, we were both young when we, uh, by the sounds of it, when we tried to read it. So, 
what you gonna do yeah when they come for you <laughs> next episode the reader <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah rat traps playing this uh mortal combat his um what would it be called which what one? would that be called what, what would the transformers fighting game be called if we had to make something up well, there actually was a Beast Wars fighting-ish game that came out in, like, 1999 called Beast Wars Transmetals. There was? There was, yeah. It was on N64 and PS1. I have a ROM. It was um, the the intro theme to uh, Season 2, the Season 2 episodes of Too Much Energon. Um, that was taken from that game. Does it handle anything like Primal Rage? Because then I might actually play it. I don't know. I have a ROM of it that I have on my Haxed PS Classic, but for whatever reason, it doesn't work. Like, it'll load up the intro and, like, the loading screen, but then it will just hover on a black screen. And I've left it there for, like, an hour to see if it'll oh, eventually just, load. Just, and it just, yeah, nothing. You ever so. play Primal Rage? I think I played Primal Rage 2 or 3, maybe. You played one of them, yeah. I played one of them, there, yeah. Man, I, I liked those. I mean, as a fighting game, they handled poorly. The mechanics were bad. <laughs> but, like, the remember how there would be, like, little people running around on the bottom of the screen? And they'd, like, worship you? You'd have, like, little worshippers. And you could, like, eat them and gain a little bit of health back. They follow you around, or you could stomp them. Oh, you I, don't, also, I don't remember now. You could also flick them into the air, and the other person on the other side of the screen could like attack them and bounce them back, and you could like volley them, <laughs> the little people, back and forth. Weird memory, I know, but it just blasted into my head. So speaking of blasting things, uh, Silverbolt shows up and uh, <laughs> unplugs Rat Trap's arcade cabinet. And oh, he does. Yeah, Rat Trap's like, man, I was about to beat the last level, or some shit to those lines. And uh, and then he uses the computer. Yeah, yeah, to to figure out where Black Arachnia is, and Rat Trap's like, oh, she's headed toward Predacon territory, and Silverbolt's like, uh, no, not my lady. Why would she be doing that? And Rat Trap's like, eh, because she's going home. She's a Predacon. And say what you want about Rat Trap, um, but Silverbolt says, hey, you're not allowed to tell. Uh, I'm allowed yeah. to tell Optimus this. And he's all like, eh, it's just a protocol. And he puts his hand on his shoulder, and Rat Trap freaks out at him. And he's like, okay, okay. Sorry, I bad touched you. <laughs> But, like, please give me a chance to, like, go and talk and try to bring her back. And he, he agrees. He's like, okay. You got one megacycle. Yeah. Which, as we know, is anywhere from a couple hours to a day. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Black Arachne is swinging through the trees, and she's getting spied on by Dino Clone 2 with his, like, me single magno eye yeah <laughs> and uh which he, is also a laser <laughs> yeah it's also a like eye blaster oh which is all it's a laser and a blaster yeah right. in this it episode it just blasts 
doesn't actually send it out like a constant you. laser, but it sends out it, like it does against Silverbolt. Oh, does it? He sends out a constant laser at his head, and he's like smoking. Oh, uh, we'll we'll see it when we come up to it. I'll point it out. So he pulls out this weird device from behind his back, and he's like, "Yeah, kinda, yeah." <laughs> and he's like, and "Now he aims it at the camera." Yeah, now we play for real, and he aims it at the camera and fucking blinds the viewer. Depending on how depending <laughs> on how good your brightness settings are. Anybody watching this on on YouTube, if um, suddenly I closed my eyes and it, it was lit up, <laughs> it was because I just watched the scene. Uh, Wrong scene to be in full screen. Jesus. Yeah. So this is what I mean by like this whole thing is like kind of weird and convoluted. She's chasing him. He's chasing her. And I don't know what her. Um, motivation is yeah dino clone 2 is like in beast mode like puttering around and black arachnia sees him and then she does this like like semi like solid snake type thing like sneaking behind him and like hiding up against a tree <laughs> and like looking over her shoulder and she's like now i've got you and shoots him but oh no it was a hologram which i'm what? like oh i guess Dino clone can do that, and I guess that was the, that. That was what the that, little turret he pulled out. That's what that, that old thing projection. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when, um, like the uh, like when a teacher would show a movie, they'd like wheel the that big ass cart. Um, oh yeah, yeah, with like the CRTV <laughs> on it, and, like the VHS, like all built into it and strapped <laughs> in, so like it was all one unit. Yeah. Right. Um, that was way easier than setting up the projector. So that projector, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I have many, 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 many memories of university classes of just watching. No, I'm just watching teachers like fumbling, like trying to get the projector to work. And. <laughs> Half of the time giving up. Half the time it's just not working. And every time I'm watching this and I'm like, I feel like this is user error. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Props to the teachers who would be like, you know, choose the kids that he knows that can help with that. Uh, Brian, Steve, come over here and help me figure this up. Like, right? Like the the kids with computers at home. (laughs) <laughs> would come over and like figuring it out figure it out in no time yeah see there's two skills there's the skill in using something and then there's the skill in admitting you don't know how to use something and most of the teachers did not have the second one <laughs> or the first one <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um black arachnia gets gets bested Dino clone blasts her on her back and her gun flies and skitters away on the grass. Yeah. And what happens? So he gets ready to slash her up. Okay. So yeah. So she like jumps away and grabs her gun and then shoots and misses dino clone, but then hits the tree behind him. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, 
<laughs> right. And so the tree like comes down and but di- miraculously Dino Clone just steps out of the way and I'm like, "Oh, are we actually like not going to go there?" But then no, Dino Clone does the same thing to her and she gets smushed by two trees and I'm like, "There it is." Make an X shape and I'm like, "There it is." Remember the only thing more dangerous <laughs> than getting shot by um high velocity like plasma rounds in this or lasers or even explosions because a lot of the weaponry they fire is explosive yeah. no if a rock or a tree falls on you it's <laughs> fucking game <over>. you're done <laughs> uh, there's a cool action shot when black arachne like leaps into the air and she shoots while she's airborne yeah that uh you saw that too yeah uh well choreographed this it's not a boring fight but no, and I like when uh, when she's running away from Dino Clone, and he runs past her, and like he just like straight up like takes his like giant claw. Oh, and his his ra- his raptor claws on his that are his hands when he's in robot form can extend yeah. now. So he takes one and just like slices a tree up, and I'm, as he's running, which is completely pointless, but it looks cool. I like it. And she even, like, uh, when she's being chased, she shoots at him with her machine gun legs um, while she's running. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how you robot. Of course you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we we can't be nerds and just, like, painfully describe <laughs> all of the um, choreography in the no, fight here. No. But, because then it becomes a different show entirely. But it, it's cool. Yeah, it's it's one of the better fights we've seen in a while. I would agree. Uh, besides that, yeah. Axe, yeah, motherfucking Axe, Axe. Is, like, of, is like top of Beast Wars combat. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the result here? Um, uh, so, uh, so something that actually pretty cool happens. Uh, sh- she gets pinned under the tree. That's not the cool thing, but like she she gets her arm. Uh, Dino Clone Two is like is like uh give me like give me the or i'm going to take you back to megatron and extract the the arc codes access codes from you and she like mm-hmm. gets her arm at, free free and like shoots a gun at him and like blows one a hole in one of his arms and he goes flying back and he's uh he's fucked up pretty bad oh surprisingly yeah the point blank shot and it's revealed later that that shot had um, transmetal venom in it, mm. which is a throwback to when Tarantulas did use that against um, Optimus. Mm. So but... when Dinobot 2 uh, falls back, uh, it's bad news bears, but not for long, it... because some glowy... It is cool. Some glowy shit comes out of uh, the the half of Rampage's spark that's in the glowing Dino- purple tentacle. Yeah, that that's in Dino Clone 2's chest and uh, repairs him. And it's like, yeah, cool. I that makes sense. I guess he's inherited uh, Rampage's regenerative properties. Yeah, and it's like a weird tentacle that wraps around his arm where he received the damage. Yeah. And glows brightly and heals him. Yeah. And brings him back to, con- uh, bring makes him conscious again, too. Yeah. So 
that that's a cool visual it's always just shown rampages um wounds like mending themselves it's never shown like an energy coming out and and healing him it's trippy and it's cool so i'm i'm starting to like dino clone too because of that <laughs> well i like uh he has a line that he says later that that i was a fan of and oh. his design's really growing on me uh i i okay, like his like growing a, on I, I like his extendo claws i like how vicious he is and now yeah, like if dinobot never calmed down yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and now we find out he's got like wolverine regeneration powers mm -hmm. i'm like okay I'm getting on board with Dino Clone too. I, I kind of like I kind of wish his, he wasn't a Predacon. Like I kind of wish they had just like made Transmetal Dinobot. Transmetal Dinobot, but I mean, if Optimus can come back from the grave, yeah, I, I feel you there. I'm I'm with you. His design is cool. Like he, he's he can't close his mouth. He is a very like predatory, like sharp toothed like mouth with canines that are longer whereas mm -hmm. before i think he just had like sharp teeth that were kind of all the same yeah he did like um and they were mostly 2d looking whereas they're very 3d in this so he he's like an angry scary cybernetic dinobot and and the, his robot design does look cool mm -hmm. it looks like an abomination right um, or it looks like something they would make to fight RoboCop. <laughs> kind of, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, for the listeners, uh, RoboCop is one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, hot take, but I actually, I think RoboCop Two, it has its flaws, but I think it's almost as good as the first one. I think the biggest flaw with RoboCop 2 is that fucking kid and how inconsistent oh. that char his character is portrayed. It's like sometimes the movie like treats him like an innocent child and then other times it treats him like a ruthless asshole that we should <laughs> wish death upon. Oh yeah, I could see that. It's yeah. been a while since I've seen it. But like because the the scope of it is so much bigger too. I feel like there, there's a lot that the second one brings to the table. I, I, I agree. And that fight... It's but, not the first one is good and the second one is trash. I, I think they're both good. Yeah. And the that, that fight at the end between Robocop and Robocane... Uh, Robo um, scary shit. It's rad, and it actually served as the inspiration for uh, John Favreau, and he's gone on record saying this, that the fight at the end of the original Iron Man between Iron Man and Iron Monger uh, was directly inspired by the end of Robocop 2. Oh, really? Yep. That's, that only seems obvious now that you've mentioned it. I, I can see that. That's cool. Yeah. I, I need to go watch 1 and 2, like, back to back. It's a it's a treat. I I love those movies. I I, I go back. I fuck the third one. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, even remember I, it. I don't think the third 
RoboCop movie has like literally any defenders. So if anyone listening to this actually <laughs> likes RoboCop three, be sure to let me know. Too much energon at outlook.com. <laughs> Please. Be, be because I, 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 if you like the movie, I would love to hear it. And I would love to hear why. Tag us <laughs> at too much energon on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and tell us why the third RoboCop movie is good. <laughs> it doesn't have to be better. Tell us why it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it, man. I've seen it, but like I, I can't tell you what it's. Robocop <laughs> in a jetpack and like, android ninjas. That wasn't a dream. No. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, I, I kind of remember that. And an annoying it's... little girl. I I'm remembering pieces of it now. Yeah, I remember jetpack. And they killed Robocop. They fucking killed Lewis, damn it. Oh, not canon. Throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he Dinobot clone looks like Transmetal Dinobot. Uh, he looks he looks like somebody that he looks like who Robocop should have fought in the third movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we yeah. go. Well we'll we'll make that canon. That that was the real Robocop three. Oh, I, I want to see that now. <laughs> um, Dinoclone fighting Robocop? Ooh, sign... And he heals? Si sign me up. That actually sounds... I think Robocop would be toast. Oh, and Dino, Dino Clone's so fast. I, I, I might have to agree with you there. <laughs> he, or maybe he would need help. Hmm. It's in the works, people. <laughs> Tell us who would win. <laughs> Murphy or uh, Robocop or See what, um, Transmetal Dinobot 2. What we need to do is mod in Transmetal Dino Clone 2 into Mortal Kombat 11 because Robocop's already in there. Oh, there we go. And then just have them fight. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure you could like reskin some Mortal Kombat character as Dino Clone. Oh, probably. Would probably look atrocious, but oh, um there's that one game where you can add your own um characters. Uh what is it called? M Mugen? M Mugen? M Mugen? 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 Do, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Mugen. Yeah. Stylized as M-U-G-E-N is a freeware 2D fighting game. Content is created by the community. Yeah. So Mugen or Mugen. Um, we could... Oh, I, I could try my hand at pixel art, but fuck me, it's going to be bad. Um, we could put him in, in Mugen. <laughs> I can't believe I remembered that. Yeah, I remember on YouTube and you see like Homer Simpson fighting like Ren and Stimpy. It's it's Mugen. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I remember hearing about this like years ago. Wow, it release date 1999. Holy shit, this thing's been around for a while. And it's still people still I yeah, I think I first heard about it, it like 10 years ago. 
Oh, it's it's been a while. Oh, okay, yeah. so uh, in September 2009, the first full 1.0 release came that makes out. More that's, sense. that's probably when I first heard about it. Yeah, that's probably when I heard about it too. So yeah, maybe uh, there. I doubt it, <laughs> but maybe there are Beast Wars characters on, that somebody's made for Mugen somewhere. <laughs> the listeners are like, "What the fuck?" Are you talking? <laughs> or maybe they know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking Peter Griffin fight the chicken in a fighting game. They used Mugen. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know what Rat Trap is uh, using to fight Peter Griffin, though? Except not Peter Griffin. Waspinator. Uh, he's oh playing, god, is he playing Doom? He's playing Doom. And uh, it's Doom, like, going through the corridors of the Axelon, shooting Waspinators. In, in bug form. In yeah. bug form, yeah. And I'm like... Someone please mod that into Doom. Because I would play that. <laughs> where, the, where the guns look like um, maximal guns? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Rattrap's like gun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd, I'd play the that. fuck out of that. <laughs> uh, Change up the sound bites so that they're Beast Wars sound bites. Yeah, it just plays like uh, Beast War, like generic like Beast Wars music in the background. <laughs> running through like the Predacon base. <laughs> yeah. The, the the combat music. Or the Predacon like metal riffs. Yeah. When they're in like combat. Oh if so, I, if I knew how to mod games, I tell you. Hmm. I bet you it's not that hard. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I bet you it's not that hard for somebody that has done that before. <laughs> for somebody that's never touched any of that stuff, it's it's like learning a new language. I have a... Um, not a mantra, but I have a general thought in my mind that... Basically, if a lot of people do something, it's probably not that hard. Fair. Especially when you're trying to... If it's something that you want to learn. That's a, that's a good mantra to have. Hey, millions of these other people learned how to edit videos for YouTube. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not dumb. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it, I generally think, like, if it's something that, like, a lot of fucking people do, like, you know, like, modding, like, making mods for games, or, like, editing video, like you said, editing videos for YouTube, or, like, recording a podcast, I'm like, it's... Give yourself credit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's probably, like, if so many people do it, like, it's probably not that difficult. It's those beginning steps. With yeah, anything, yeah. Right? I learned how to skateboard when I was 28, 27. Right? And I'm like, man, I'm too old to, like, teach myself how to skateboard. And then I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not doing it anyway. You're all like, YOLO. <laughs> I kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now As you try to do a kickflip. 
Oh, I will never try to do tricks. I mostly longboard. <laughs> but I've fallen on my ass a few times trying to do skateboard things. But I will never do any sick grinds or any kickflips or anything like that. <laughs> I, I know my... My desire to ride the board was what I, I had, and I know how to ride the board, mm. and I, I got what I wanted, so I, I longboard now. So uh, we we lost Alistair at some point. I didn't hear any sound cue. Uh, we lost Alistair no. almost an hour ago. <laughs> um. I, oh. No, it's fine. Uh, I can just rip the audio from this video. Oh, okay. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I can rip the, the audio from the video that I'm recording with OBS right now and just publish that as the audio version of the podcast. Oh, good point. The only, okay, reason, so... the only reason why I still... Um, why I still use uh, the 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 chatbot is because it will one it creates an Audacity project automatically and two because it records our tracks separately so I can make adjustments right to each of our uh, to each of our audio tracks as necessary. Of course, yeah. Um, but apparently that's not going to be an option now. So. Because oh. uh, we because we lost Alistair almost an hour ago now. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, what we're recording right now is not lost because I've also been recording with OBS for the video. All reliable. Yeah, <laughs> and I can just rip the audio from the video file that OBS creates and just publish that as the audio version of the podcast. Usually, I notice because there's a sound effect. When he pieces out. Yeah, um, how I noticed was I noticed on um, the the like the the taskbar for Windows 10, there were like three notification icons for Discord, and I'm like, hmm. Oh. Because when he gets disconnected, he'll send me a private message telling me that he has. But like I have sound effects and whatnot turned off because I don't want that to come up on in the in the in the recording, which I'm still recording right now. So this is all like part of going to be part of the podcast. So listeners, you're getting a a little peek behind the curtain here. <laughs> um, but I don't have sound effects turned off, so it's curious that. Yeah, interesting. Um, and of course, I didn't have. Um, I just had our screens up. I usually have the uh, the channels to the left of me, right? mm. so I can see Christopher Siege, Neo Cal. Uh, for whatever, this is like one time out of like sixty podcasts <laughs> that I, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, well. No, like I, I can't see it because I, uh, I have Discord the the video chat full screened on my second monitor which i am using obs to capture so i can't really see anything actually going on in discord yeah. just the video we'll make it we'll make it work folks. oh yeah yeah it'll be fine okay great i i think our leveling 
is pretty good on this, so. Yeah. Okay, good. So, shouldn't be a problem. Anyway. Okay, good, good. Where were so we? So, where were we? Uh, I think where we were was Rat Trap is a terrible liar. <laughs> and they're like, hey, where's Silverbolt and Black Arachnia? I'm wondering where the fuck Cheetor is. He pieced out at the beginning and then we never see him again. Mm. Uh, and he's like, oh, aren't they uh, in the lab? And Rhinox and Optimus are like, sure, sure. Okay, well, you scan for them and locate them. I'm going to go out. Optimus, out! And he turns into his weird, like, like gorilla feet. <laughs> yeah, gorilla jet. <laughs> yeah. With his, his, hands like, with his like, moving hands. That... <laughs> That was eerie. <laughs> Fucking don't like that. <laughs> his feet are where his uh, jets are. Yeah. And his hands make up the wings. But he can go into hover mode and gesture with his hands while he's a jet. And it's it's fucking weird, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, anybody, if anyone's like, hey, Cal looks like he's like super chill or he's like groovy or he's not himself. Um, I got uh, my microchip vaccine implanted yesterday mm. and um i've just been like tired not sick or sore or anything weird just like oddly tired well the day following me uh getting my my pfizer shot uh i woke up the next day and um threw up twice went to work threw up on the way to work in a garbage can <laughs> I remember you mentioned that. Hey, at least you made it to a garbage uh, <laughs> garbage bin. A uh, couple hours into my shift, I threw up again. Um, Crazy. And then after about another hour or so, I started getting really lightheaded and feeling like I was going to faint. So I went Jeez. home, and my partner came and picked me up, and I came home and crawled into bed. Didn't even take my clothes off. Like, I'm still wearing my work clothes. Crawled into bed. And passed out. This was at around 10.30 a.m. Passed out until, like, just after 5. Oh, so you, like, slept yeah. an entire sleep cycle again. Yeah, and I felt, still, like, felt, like, kind of tired and groggy. And, like, my body felt kind of noodly. Like, I didn't feel, like, 100% again until, like, yesterday. Oh, so how long... So I got my shot on Saturday. The side effects the kicked in Sunday morning, and it took until Wednesday for me to feel 100% again. Okay, okay, so not too bad. But to be fair, like, gener like historically, if I... If a medication or whatever, like, has, like, nast like has potential side effects, like, chances are I'm going to get them. Oh, that's just that's your history. Yeah, that's just how it goes. Should have seen me when I was on antidepressants. <laughs> oh, you got all the side effects. Oh yeah, even some uh, some uh, not so fun to talk about ones. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I'm on this the side of things where things don't always work how they're supposed to like sometimes painkillers will just like fucking do nothing mm. um 
things that are supposed to give you energy, like caffeine. Um, like just, so I'll get sleepy. I, I don't know what it is or so things either don't affect me or I need extra dosage or something. Mm. And that's dangerous in of itself. I remember the first time, I don't know what the chemicals are in a, a Red Bull. First time I had like a Red Bull, like a couple hours after I fell asleep. And I'm like, is that common? Because I wasn't energetic in those two hours. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever had a Red Bull, I felt superhuman. <laughs> I wish yeah. I had that. Yeah, no. Uh, it was like yawning 45 minutes after I drank it. I was like, I don't know why. I was like 20, I think. It was the first time I'd ever had an energy drink of any type. And I bought a Red Bull and drank it. And like, I felt like I was like Superman. Like, like, like I could punch like straight through concrete. I was so like charged up. It was well, great. I, Been chasing that I dragon ever that. since. <laughs> chasing the Red Bull dragon. Chasing the red dragon, man. Chasing the bull. <laughs> oh, man. That must have been fucking great. Chasing the red bull dragon. Uh, anyway, so... Okay. so This is uh, my new look. This is going to be my look. Uh, so to get back to the episode and uh, probably start wrapping it up. Yeah. Um... Silverbolt, uh, Black Arachnia is fighting with Dino Clone 2, and Silverbolt shows up and is like, Thank Primus, I found you! This is when she mentions, um, uh, oh, weird how my Venom didn't work at him, on him. A triple dose of my Transmetal Venom should do the trick. So it's like, oh, so just like Tarantulas, she has developed a Venom to work on Transmetals. Mm-hmm. Even the playing field. But yeah, they're they're fighting on like a mountaintop. Silverbolt gets his butt kicked. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to Oh, okay. Um yeah, so uh Dinobot like eye laser uh yeah. Silverbolt and uh tortures him a bit. Yeah, and he's using it to like to like blackmail black arachnia. Hmm. Being like, yeah, I think the line is he's like, submit or bid goodbye to the object of your twisted affection. Good line. Yeah, not bad. Um, that, that's the dino bot lines I remember. And, oh, and then she in speed. She what? Like Keanu reads like in speed. Shoot the hostage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she shoots By the him. way, completely fucking fake. That, that is never... That is never a technique used uh, by SWAT or <laughs> counter-terrorist <laughs> police. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've seen Jack Bauer do it in 24. You know what? Maybe I'm full of shit. <laughs> Maybe that's a technique. That is a perfectly realistic and believable television program, damn it. Yeah, yeah so she pulls a uh, she pulls a Jack Bauer slash uh, Speed starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Uh, Sandra Bullock. And Dennis Hopper. Right, he's the bomber. Yeah. Yeah. Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> you slow down and this bus will explode. 
<laughs> Fuck, I gotta go back to that movie. I haven't watched it in probably like 15 years. We need to do a, uh, even if it's just online, like a simultaneous, like, viewing of Speed. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hell, totally. maybe we can do a, It's completely unrelated, but we could do a live commentary track on Speed in 2021. <laughs> I wouldn't mind the actually like starting like a podcast that's just like and I'm sure many of these exist so it would very much just be a vanity more even more of a vanity project than something like this already is but like <laughs> I wouldn't mind just starting like a podcast where like once a month or something we just like record a commentary track for a random movie <laughs> a random ancient movie yeah, yeah. like do one for the room <laughs> do speed do, do the Water Matrix. <laughs> oh, Waterworld's like two hours and 40 minutes, though. The Matrix. Absolutely. Yeah. I Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not just to revisit them, too. Yeah, just because it would be fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sorry. She pulls uh, Keanu and shoots Silverbolt and then yells, uh, this is between Predacons. Yeah, and she tries to be all like, hey, Dino Clone 2, uh, you're pretty powerful, and I'm not a Maximal anymore, and I can't go back to the Predacons, and I have access code to the Ark. What say we join together and overthrow Megatron? And Dino Clone 2 is like, hmm, interesting. And she's like, yeah. I like your ambition. Yeah, yeah, I've got plenty of ambition. Uh, wh what do you say? I'm, Let's do I'm it. I'm not lying. I'm telling the <laughs> truth. What do you say? And I'm like, you've lied so much better in the past than, than you are here. Yeah. One thing I want to point out is that uh, the damage on the models and the weathering, fucking good job, man. It, it looks so good. How damaged uh, Black Arachnia looks here. Yeah. She looked like she's gone through hell. Been, been flattened by a tree, blown up. One of her eyes like is kind of squinty. It's she looks half melted. Mm. I dig it. Yeah, and uh, Dino Clone too. Is There's a lot of weird neck movements. And she's I, like, we can rule together. I I, like, I got one to point out uh, shortly after this. Uh, so Dino Clone Two doesn't buy it, and he's like, I think you are a fool, and he eye blasters her, and she gets like, starts like heavily shorting out and falls down on the ground, and. Uh, he's about to take her out, and yeah, Silverbolt is, is like, "Beloved." Um, he shoots a a, a wide angle like ray of light out of his eye. Yeah, that paralyzes her. That's new. Yeah, he's got all his eye can do all sorts of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's a multi purpose eye laser. Yeah, it's like a stasis um field. Yeah, right, like a flashlight that paralyzes. Transformers. And Silverbolt's like, unhand her, you reptilian fiend! I Stan love that. Stands with his chest, like, puffed out and his arms on his his arms on his hips and his wings you out. You hear his music? Dun, 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 dun. But he does this, like, weird head bob when he says it. He's all like, unhand <laughs> her, you reptilian fiend! <laughs> Their necks are very mobile in this scene. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, maybe I'll put that, that a clip of that. Friend. At the 
Maybe I'll put a clip of that at the the beginning of this episode. Uh, but indeed, uh, he tricks <laughs> Dinobot, and it's a fix his fucking neck. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I was thinking. And He's being a, all sassy. Being a sassy fuck. And it's uh, indeed, he is sassy, because... Behind him, he's holding the sentry bot from Portal. Yeah. He has bamboozled. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He has bamboozled Dino Clone, too. And he shoots his, as far as I can tell, his only weapons are the little grenade wingtips. Yeah, that's all he he has, yeah. As far as I know. And uh, Dino Clone, too, screams and flies off the edge. Yep. And, or uh, did he? Or because did he, he comes out, he like cr- crawls up with his claws, and the camera zooms in on his face as he like growls. Oh right. Good right. job on his face. I know we've already talked about his model and stuff, but like that's actually kind of scary. Yeah. When he crawls his way back up, it's like, oh, he, he kind of is an unstoppable monster. <laughs> yeah, like, like I he, said, he is like Rampage. Yeah, like I said, uh, yeah, uh, Dino Clone is, uh, he's growing on me. He's starting to, yeah. And, uh, what, what is it, Black Arachne is like, game over, uh, Lizard Breath or Fangs or Pop something quiz, like that. Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> a, a spider's pointing a triple venom shot at your face. What, what do, you do, do you do? What, what do you do? <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) this time he actually does go flying off the the cliff yeah and uh silverbolt immediately is like you bitch you are going to betray us and she's like no i wasn't you fucking idiot and he's like, but yes you were and she's like no i wasn't i was trying to get dino clone 2 away from you She's like, why do the cute ones always tube heads? And he's like, but you shot me. <laughs> but you shot me. She's well, like, yeah, it was part yeah, of the ruse. Yeah, but did you die? <laughs> but did you die? <laughs> uh, I, I kind of love that. But he's so dumb. Like he, he doesn't realize what her her angle was. <laughs> yeah but yeah she's literally like but did you die <laughs> yeah and she's like if i didn't shoot you a little with my little arachnid bullets he would have actually blown your head off mm-hmm. and she kind of plays like coy and she like puts her arms behind her back and like leans on her one leg and juts her hips out and blinks at him and he's all like it seems so milady." She has like a little bit of a defensiveness because now she's worried that he doesn't trust her either. Yeah. Yeah, and she she mentions to him that uh they the Maximals were going to remove her Predacon core and Silverbolt's like, "No, they weren't." And she's like, "Yes, I heard Optimus say they were going to do it." And he's like, "I swear." Oh. Yeah. And then Optimus shows he shows up. Yeah, he shows up, like, right on cue. And Silverbolt's like, whoa, 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 bud. 
So she says you were going to do this. Were you going to do this? And Optimus is like, well, we were talking about it, but obviously it's up to you. And she's like, yeah, wait. She's like, wait, I had a choice? He's like, yeah, that's the maximal way, of course. And yeah. she's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll keep hanging with you guys then. Yeah, and as much as I usually don't like the, you know, the comedy of errors that is um, very common of 90s sitcoms, where which is somebody overhears part of a conversation, and then yeah. the whole Seinfeld, Friends, uh, Frasier, right? And then the whole episode is about this misunderstanding. This doesn't feel forced in this because this is the first time she's spoken about it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I kind of like that. Yeah. And so they and, uh, they they fly off and uh Yeah, yeah and she f- climbs on top of his dog. <laughs> Um, his bird dog, his bird his dog, bird form. dog form, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of adorable. <laughs> um, but Optimus kind of like threatens Silver Bolt. He's like, "Hey, yeah, we're gonna have a talk." We'll oh talk yeah, later. yeah, because uh, he, Optimus tells her to says he'll escort her back to base, and Silver Bolt's like, "With all due respect, she is under my command, so it the responsibility falls to me." And Optimus is like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a real long chat about that," which I'm like, "Yeah." So, and I'm th- like, I'm thinking when he says that, I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of unethical for them to be dating with Silverbolt technically being her superior officer." But this is the first time I've heard about him being a superior officer I, to I know, anyone. Yeah. I'm like, wait, other than Optimus, they have superior officers. They have never brought up this ranking system ever, even once. Yeah. So uh, I think it's in general about them fucking off into Predacon territory, maybe. Maybe. Uh, wh- one line I like from um, Silverbolt is like... Um, Oh, she's like, hey, thanks for the help and good good thinking. And he's like, oh, I was um, impressed that you confessed the truth to Optimus. And that's a good point. One of her strengths is she's just very to the point. Like she just says what, what she's thinking unless she's trying to manipulate someone. And man, she's a strong character on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree completely. I... I, I like it. Even though this this episode, like I said, I was like, oh, 15 minutes of it is just like chasing each other around in the forest. I I, I, I like it. I like it <laughs> and too. And I like how it ends. I like how it begins and I like how it ends. And speaking of ending, the, the episode... They fly away they, into they, the sunset. They fly away. And... She even says, home, Rover. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yep, that has been, uh, the seventh episode of the third season of Beast Wars. Uh, here on Too Much Energon, we rate episodes on the Too Much Energon scale, which ranges from not enough Energon to a sufficient amount of Energon to Too Much Energon. 
it's basically bad, okay, good. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, Cal, uh, what are you going to rate uh, Proving Grounds? Uh, it's, hmm. I feel like it's close to being like too much Energon, but there's just there's something missing. I thought I might be giving it None a too much energon, but yeah, I thought I would be giving it a too much energon, but again, like there's nothing wrong with it, and I like the character development. Silverbolt is a little bit more cunning than we gave them credit for. He's extremely loyal, right? He believes in her like undoubtingly and Fuck that! That's nice, <laughs> right? Um, say what you want about Silverbolt, but I, I love their relationship. See what you need to consider now. What you need to consider though is: do we grade it on the too much energon scale for Beast Wars, or do we grade it on a scale for season three? Like, do we grade on a curve for season three? <laughs> I don't think okay. Because I don't so, think we've given a single episode of too much energy on this season so far. I maybe optimal situation because I'm pretty fond of that episode, but maybe you did and I didn't. I, I'll I'll revisit that and see uh, what our ratings were. Usually, write them in the description. I do, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm actually gonna look right now. I don't think we can grade it on a curve. <laughs> no, no. Otherwise, I mean, I would give it a too much energon. It's it's a high sufficient amount of energon. Oh no, we gave uh, optimal situation sufficient energon. Yeah. Uh, uh, the choreography in the fights was interesting. Like the, it was new. It was it was new stuff. It wasn't just hiding behind rocks and taking turns shooting at each other. It wasn't even hiding behind trees, taking turns shooting at each other, which is what it could have been. It was a ninja battle. Silverbolt got to be uh, use a, a hologram. Uh, it's a high sufficient amount of energon. So, literally every episode, all but one episode of season three thus far has gotten a sufficient energon rating from both of us. Did I? I gave one or two. Uh, not enough. We we energon. both gave uh, changing of the guard. Oh, the uh, <laughs> the. The, the submarine episode. We, we both gave that not enough energon. <laughs> Rampage versus depth charge, round two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it gets a high sufficient amount of energon. I can't be throwing away energon like it's candy. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's very good, and I do think it lends to the story in the sense that it develops relationships, but it it's a filler episode in that the the major plot doesn't change if you just remove the episode. So it's it's a heartwarming but the fights are good and the dialogue is good. No, no, it's it's a high sufficient amount of energy on for me. Um I'm going to echo that. Uh I think this this is the most that I've liked an episode since Optimal such uh uh, of the show since optimal yeah. situation um i like the fights i i like i said earlier in the 
in the the podcast. Like I liked Black Arachne and Dino Clone 2's like weird, like playful cat and mouse game, but it was just weird that it was between those two because there's no relationship there. there. There's no relationship there. Um, I I like Rat Trap playing video games. (laughs) Chilling at base playing different video games from the nineties. Yeah. Um. Mortal uh, Fight Bot and um uh jeez what would doom be boom (laughs) (laughs) um return to castle predestine return to return to axelon it's a work in progress people yeah yeah we'll (laughs) we'll we'll get there sometime actually chances are we'll forget about it as soon as we stop recording and never think about it again (laughs) (laughs) like oh yeah we'll like look into this completely fucking (laughs) (laughs) we say we will Uh, Uh, none of these questions and more will be answered on the next episode of too much energon uh, so yeah, yeah, uh, I'm giving it a, a high sufficient amount of energy on. I think there's just yeah. something missing from the episode to to yeah. really like put it over the edge. And I think it's ultimately, I think it's just the fact that, like you said, this is kind of a filler episode. There, nothing really of consequence happens. Like we get some yeah, character development. We get some character development for black for, uh, from Black Arachnia, but it doesn't really get dialogue from Dinobot too. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Which shows us off his attitude, his way of thinking and stuff is a little bit more similar. He's not just a screaming, like, Dinobot version of Rampage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he said a line at one point that I really liked um, to someone. And I, I don't even have the episode up anymore. Oh. But he, he said something along the lines of, like, and yes, this is going to hurt. Oh, she's underneath him and he's pinning her down. And it's when she's under the trees. Yeah. And he's like, uh, now I'll like take what I want like slowly. And this will hurt. And he emphasizes the word slowly and hurt. Yeah. Like a, like a weird torturess. And that's the part that's not from Dinobot. That's from Rampage. Mm-hmm. Good, good catch. Yeah. Um, because Dinobot, he was all about defeating his enemies brutally, not slowly. <laughs> yeah, um, the old-fashioned way. And he also had honor. Dino Clone too does not fucking have, have any honor. He will shoot you in the fucking back. Yeah. Right. Um, which is. Uh, Shown by the fact that he has that fucking de- hologram device built into his back. Uh, so yeah, he what a, a weird device to just randomly introduce. <laughs> but I mean, this show sure is we'll see it again. Yeah, right? the this show has a has a track record of doing that, right? I'm sure we'll see it tons going forward. There'll be holograms everywhere. Yeah, definitely watch. not just this one episode watch this will be the one time where like they're actually it where it does yeah, actually <laughs> come back he's using this stupid hollow emitter in like every fucking episode going forward and somehow it works again 
I feel like that works one episode. Yeah. And then someone, the next episode, someone's like, I'm on to you. I'm tired yeah. of your shit. <laughs> Did you think I was the real Hauser? Think again. <laughs> you remember there's, there's a, a device, a hologram device they use in Total Recall? Vaguely. It's, and it's, they like shoot at a hologram? I haven't seen Total Recall in probably about a decade now. I think I watched I it just before that uh, that very forgettable remake came out back in like I've 2012. I've never seen the remake. It's and when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh my god, like, seriously? And then I forgot about it. <laughs> I like, freaked out over the trailer and then just forgot about it. Yeah, you don't remake a Paul Verhoeven film and get the guy who directed Live Free or Die Hard and Underworld to direct it Ooh. he's such well I he's just his movies are just so sterile and lifeless they have like they're they're such nothing films they have no personality to them whatsoever i'm glad that you're brave enough to say that uh, underworld fucking sucks man yep and this is from somebody who loves werewolves and vampires and vampire the masquerade and all that shit it's it's soulless exactly yeah <laughs> And uh, all of all actress. of this, I, I'm drawing a blank on the dude's name right now. But like all of his films, like they're they're just sterile, lifeless. They have no soul or personality to them whatsoever. Well, indeed, in the the first one in, in Underworld, um, there's supposed to be this chemistry between the male and female lead of the movie. Uh, one is a vampire, and one is like a half vampire, half werewolf, like human that's been like bitten by both. Um, and it's so fake and the acting is so bad and there's no chemistry between them and it's painful mm -hmm. to watch. It is, <laughs> it's bad. And, uh, what's her name? Kate, uh, the actress, Kate Beckinsale, Kate Beckinsale. Thank you. I'm like Kate Blanchett. Um, Kate Winslet. <laughs> um, Kate plus eight. Um, she becomes a better actress over the years, but it, it is a slog to get there. Yeah. And she is not there in Underworld. <laughs> yeah. So that's our Underworld. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our Underworld tangent. Uh, that has been episode forty one of Too Much Energon. Uh, if you want to support the show, wherever you're listening to this, uh, give us a like. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a subscribe. Tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening to us, tell your enemies and get them listening to us too. Um, that way you can hate more things about them. Uh, if you <laughs> want to get in touch with us, send us an email, too much energon at outlook.com. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash too much energon, or on Twitter at too much energon. Or if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I am at Lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. And you are... I'm on the Twitters, too. Uh, Neo underscore Cal, K-A-L. Uh, this isn't the only Lasercomb podcast that exists. There is, as we mentioned, Alphanumeric, a reboot podcast where we do this, but except about reboot. And uh, we have another friend who comes in and joins us for that show, too. Mm -hmm. Um... 
We oh, we're doing uh, the next Shadow Raiders. We Very also soon. we also have a monthly podcast uh, dedicated to the mainframe TV series Shadow Raiders. It's called War Planets, a Shadow Raiders podcast. Uh, there is actually going to be a new episode of that dropping very soon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, you can find me on a, another podcast with my partner called Based On, where we, re- we, where we review film adaptations of books and compare the films with the books. And we, our first episode was about Fight Club. We're a bi-weekly podcast. First episode was about bi- Fight Club. Second episode is about Hitchhiker's Guide, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I also, I also have the episode of Too Much Energon is the forty-second episode. Oh yeah, there you go. Coincidence. I I also have a uh, another bi-weekly podcast that just launched recently called Cartoons at Night. It is a show where me and a rotating series of guest hosts talk about a just random cartoon that you won't find on Saturday mornings. First episode, I was joined by uh, my friend Kelly Clark from Dork Tales. Me and him talked about the very short-lived 2000 series based on Clerks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's another episode of that dropping uh, in about a week's time, so keep an eye out for that. I think that about covers it all. Uh, we'll be back mm-hmm. next week with uh, episode 42 of Too Much Energon, where we will be talking about the eighth episode of season three of Beast Wars, Go With The Flow. Yeah. Why don't I remember this? I don't remember much of this. <laughs> uh, I kind of... Re- I, I, I'm sure it's going to be a like another sufficient... Energon. No, it'll episode. blow our minds. <laughs> we won't even be able to. Uh, we'll be like, how do we hold all this Energon? <laughs> you remember the Limes meme? <laughs> With like the guy laughing and he's like hold, trying to, struggling to hold on to like a ton of my Limes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Um, Fuck, I'm going to like Photoshop like Energon crystals. Well, and on that note, we're going to get out of here. So I've been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. And I'm your other host, NeoCal. And until next week, Beast Mode. Beast Mode. Beast Mode!